This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I like shiny things, but I'd marry you with paper rings, uh-huh. That's right, darling, you're the one I want. Already at this point, Alice, mm-hmm. already at this point, this broadcast eclipses Elon's yeah. Twitter broadcast. So, we are higher tech than Elon Musk right now. So let's talk about this. This uh, The DeSantis-Elon thing today was today. Alice and I got back. We're on our way back from a, a, a all-you-can-eat podcast uh, outing, and the tech fall apart collapse was ridiculous it included it included periodic ass kissing of elon musk while his technology was failing it included all sorts of quirky weird noises and echoes and yeah like weird feedback because elon musk and david Sachs. so david Sachs is a big tech guy who's getting involved in politics and is trying to spend a lot of his money to get people elected including ron DeSantis. um so he's you know, big in that universe. He's like a techie guy, kind right. of like a Peter Thiel, not as rich as a Peter Thiel, but more politically involved than Peter Thiel, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so he, anyway, he's on here with Elon Musk. Apparently they're both in the same room because, well, first of all, they couldn't get the thing working to get them and Ron DeSantis in the Twitter space at the same time because apparently a few hundred thousand people is too many for a Twitter space, which seems wild to me for a platform that's just doing audio. Mm-hmm. Not There's no video involved on here. Now, granted, you can like give all the listeners, you know, speaking and hosting privileges in the event as well so it's a little more complicated right. so but they they weren't able to get them all in there and then when they did start talking there's like mic feedback and echo stuff going on they're turning people on and off they're both trying to get on elon's mic the thing keeps crashing and kicking people out it was a mess at the point when we were trying to get in it looked like there were about six or seven hundred thousand people trying to get into the twitter space um it- yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. And like you said, the ass kissing to Elon Musk, like, and to Ron DeSantis, like, oh, well, I guess we're melting the service. Yeah, you know, I'm going to get to that in a second. Like, but, but, but also, like, at some point, you get DeSantis sitting there. His rollout <laughs> is getting botched now. It is collapsing. 
and you know the guy the guy through no fault of his own is looking like a schmuck or you're just giving you're handing the world a reason not to report on anything he says and make this yeah, about it makes him look exploding ridiculous. in the tarmac um which you know some news agencies will probably just decide to do it just oh, make they're this, this already is, running with right. it. There's all it, the failure to launch jokes, all the right. unscheduled disassembly jokes. So my like, feeling was is that is that is that DeSantis should have recorded a statement while they were waiting, um, saying that I'm running for president, yada yada yada, and just tweeted it out. I mean, he did There's tweet to say he was running for president like shortly before the Twitter space. Okay, so I mean, with just like a something, video, but I mean. Mm-hmm. But you don't. I guess you don't assume that if the boss man is there, that the people on Twitter also could be could have been some sabotage. One never knows, or a sabotage of omission. You know, right. you know. I could tell them that this is going to be buggy, but eh. <laughs> um, it, or, or or who knows? But that was an f up. Uh, the 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 entire you know somebody fell into the wedding cake at the wedding and you know tore the bride's dress off. Um. You know, and you know, flattened the uh, flower <laughs> girl or whatever, you know, to start it. So it's like okay, so <laughs> anything after that then is not the main part of the story, right? So, th- so that part was ridiculous. And this, stop saying this. You're overrunning the servers. So many people wanted to do it. So many people wanted to do it. This is the biggest thing ever to happen on the internet. Like, you I know, it's been, really not. It's like a I, few I, hundred I thousand. Been, and people. I'm sure you have been, Alice, and I know probably Tommy has been, and a bunch of you guys have been in. Uh, part of launching something that nose dives <laughs> and you've had to try to say that and it's like the oldest it's now like the 25 year old oldest it's just it's too the, popular we're doing yes. too good a job it's, that's why it's failing it's right the oldest, now like I- I- excuse in the book now and everybody we're so used to it it's just like it's low rent to go to it like don't just... Yeah, it's like tacky it's like when they ask you in an interview what your weakness is and it's like i just am too good. I do too yes. much. Yeah, sometimes I should employ other people to help me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just don't, just don't, just just stop it, okay? Uh, it, it but they kept doing it, and they also so, and they blamed small. Elon's account for being too big. Yeah, they said that like, oh, it, it creates a network effect when we when we multiply the size of the Twitter space with the size of Elon's account. It's just not Twitter's scalable pr- to the size of my account. And Elon's like, yeah, I crash the site all the time when I tweet things. Yeah. sometimes. Like, then you should have seen it coming. There's stop, no, there's no generation. He effed this thing up. Now, so on the good side, possibly for DeSantis, is that more people are going to know his name now. Right, because it's going to be for the next couple of days. It's going to be uh, uh, in every publication with the word "botched" next to it. (laughs) Well, Uh, and I mean, it's also a fairly good size audience to be doing a live presidential campaign launch with questions when they eventually got it working. There were three hundred thousand people in there eventually. I assume. 295,000 of them were journalists, but Mm -hmm. still, like, 300,000 people is a lot of people who now heard Ron DeSantis say, no books have been banned in Florida, that's a hoax, you know, who've heard him say... We'll get to some of those things. Right, so, but but I guess my point for the moment is it's just that 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 is a pretty big audience of people listening to him talk. You know, that many people... We're not listening to Nikki Haley take questions at her campaign announcement. 
Right. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Or no doubt about, uh, about that. That said, I mean, he essentially, DeSantis' performance was an A plus. He essentially birdied or, or, or double birdied. Is that is that a thing? Birdied. He eagled uh, mm-hmm. every hole. It's just that the golf course itself was collapsing around him. But <laughs> he did. It, he did. It, I mean, he's very prepared. He was very sharp. He said everything perfectly. It made me think that he should have gotten into this thing up two months ago, so he could have had these answers front and center. A lot of the stuff about Disney has not been. You would have to be watching Florida State TV, like the Florida local C-SPAN mm-hmm. they have, to caught a lot of the stuff, to catch a lot of the stuff. He, he, DeSantis explained away a whole bunch of stuff that I hadn't heard really. Uh, right. At all. And he had good answers on stuff that other people have not had good answers to who have been, you know, trying to defend some of the Disney stuff. Like he put it in a way that it it came off well that he was essentially saying the deal that disney has had in florida has been anti-competitive they haven't had to follow the same rules as everybody else they've had the government in their pocket they haven't had to file follow the safety legislation he said and this was new i had not heard this in any reporting on this issue he said they weren't paying survivor benefits to the widows of the firefighters in reedy creek and that the state one of the first things that the state board did when they stepped in was they had to pay some of these widows the survivor benefits for firefighters that had died because Reedy Creek had no accountability and wasn't doing that. That's the first time I've heard somebody say that. And that's also, a wicked hit. That, that that's a wicked hit, and that's also right now we're breaking your legs. Right. It's going to get worse. I got more on you guys. <laughs> uh, just so you know. Just so you know. So you may want to. Do you think this law, law these lawsuits? Last week, uh, the NAACP issued a travel advisory against your state, claiming that Florida is not a safe place for minorities to visit. Uh, What do you say to those who've been advised that somehow they aren't welcome in your state? Claiming that Florida is unsafe is a total farce. I mean, are you kidding me? You look at cities around this country, they are awash in crime. In Florida, our crime rate is at a 50-year low. You look at the top 25 cities for crime in America, Florida does not have a single one amongst the top 25. And if you look at cities like Baltimore and Chicago, you got kids more likely to get shot than to receive a first class education. Yet I don't see the NAACP batting an eye about all the outrage and the carnage that's happening in those areas. So this. So and I'll I'll continue this in a moment. This answer is perfect. Mm -hmm. And the NAACP couldn't have been better at teeing this up for him. What a stupid move on their part. This answer is perfect, and this is what I, what I'm, what I, the difference between Trump's town hall, which I thought he did, was good, mm-hmm. and what, what, um, the 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 contrast between Trump's performance and and DeSantis's, everything in CNN was serene and impeccable, but Trump was chaos, and here. Twitter was chaos, and DeSantis was serene and impeccable. Mm-hmm. He was just, he was just on. That being said, I liked Trump at the Trump Town Hall. Oh, so did so right. <laughs> but he's Trump. I liked him too. And but, but, you know, a lot of people are upset that we're saying stuff about Trump. We both voted for him twice. And I'll I, vote for him again if he's as yeah. still looks likely. If he ends up being the Republican nominee, I will absolutely vote for yes. him again. And I <laughs> like, call him, over any yes. Democrat. When it's I say not it's a question. Crazy. He acts like. Uh, Unlike anybody else who's ever done this. Believe me, I like it. Most of it. (laughs) 
This is a political stunt. These left-wing groups have been doing it for many, many years. And at the end of the day, what they're doing is colluding with legacy media to try to manufacture a narrative. Now, the good news is, is fewer and fewer Americans are gullible enough to believe this dribble. And platforms like Twitter are there where people can debunk these lies in real time. And I would just say as an American citizen, if you are uncritically accepting narratives spun by legacy media and left-wing groups, you're failing at your job uh, of being a conscientious citizen. Um, and I think people just see right through it. And oh, by the way, have any of these travel advisories, because they've been doing this for, for a while, all these left-wing groups, have any of them worked? Well, we're the number one state for net in-migration and have been every year since I've been governor. We just capped the highest quarter for tourism in the history of the state of Florida. And our view is we want everybody to succeed regardless of their skin color. We don't divvy up people by race. At the same time, it is worth pointing out that we have in Florida more black owned businesses than any state in the nation. Uh, and we've also had more African-Americans lead state agencies under my administration than at any time in Florida history. But with us, you know they're there because of merit, not because mm -hmm. we're trying to play identity politics. And if you want to look at education, uh, the black students in, the, in Florida perform much higher than black students in most other states. We rank number three in fourth grade reading and number two in fourth grade math amongst our black student population. And oh, by the way, the head of the NAACP lives in Florida <laughs> and a lot of their board members have put out on social media during my governorship, Florida vacations where they seem to be having an awful good time. Yeah, it's a, it's an immaculate answer. And he's right about that. Uh, well, and he's right even when Trump hits him on what a disaster Florida is. It's like, well, well you yes. live there. Well, the AOC <laughs> went down to Florida. All of them. They all do because it's better there. Like, I mean, you can only do you know, you can only claim this stuff so much if you're going there. It's and it and you know, like saying those facts, like I wouldn't have known that those facts about like black student no. achievement in Florida. I would not have. I think Florida is great for a lot of things. I wouldn't have expected they'd be in the top five for student achievement in any metric in the country, black or otherwise, necessarily, because I don't think of them as being like a great education state. No. I mean, like, the, um, the, the other thing that I saw during the pandemic, Governor, and you, you uh, was subject to it just as much as I was when we were talking about COVID. YouTube censored a video of us speaking about uh, in a roundtable that you hosted on COVID policy. Uh, there's so much of the federal government infrastructure went into suppressing honest scientific discussion during the pandemic. So it's not just public health agencies, but other agencies inside the federal government that worked to suppress the speech of Americans. And I'd love to hear no your question. thoughts about No question. So I'm actually in Florida, we, we recognize the, the, the danger there. So I'm actually going to be signing a digital bill of rights for Florida pretty soon which will bar all state and local government officials from colluding or working with a technology company for the purpose of censorship of speech. Because you're exactly right. You had people in the White House, you had people in all these other agencies uh, working with these platforms to try to take it down. And oh, by the way, what did they censor Dr. Bhattacharya for? It was a roundtable discussion that I led and convened. We had Dr. Bhattacharya, MD, PhD from Stanford, 
We had Martin Kaldorf uh, from Harvard Medical School, and we had Sinetra Gupta from Oxford, who was generally viewed as one of the best epidemiologists across the pond until she became anti-lockdown. So these are all eminent people. And what are we discussing? We're discussing whether there's any scientific basis to force a school child to wear a mask for eight hours a day. They all agreed there was no basis to do it and that you should not have school mask mandates. YouTube thought that that was, quote, anti-science and that that should be taken down. But even at that point, mm. we had already had enough experience in Florida where you had some schools that had done it before before the state banned the mandates. You had some schools that had done it, some schools didn't, and the results were no different. And yet his video was taken down by Google YouTube. So it was a huge, huge problem. And yes, I think the federal government, FBI, DHS, any of the health agencies, uh, it's unconstitutional for them to be delegating speech restriction to a private company. You can't do indirectly. It's amazing to think it ever happened. Amazing yeah. to think it ever happened. What the Constitution would clearly forbid you to do directly. Let me... Let me uh, let me see. Um, the cut that I really want to hear is the one where he talks about, like, is he actually going to do this stuff? Like, you talk the talk, and are you going to actually get it done? Because I thought, I thought that was, and he didn't spend any time attacking Trump. It was right out. I think Steve Deese asked him about immigration, asked him about immigration, and that's like where that came up. But like, I thought that was such a fascinating exchange because he really avoided and i don't think he's going to be able to completely avoid it for very long but he really tried to avoid i think directly lashing out at trump but that was the point at which he most directly i think was referencing trump and and you know and kind of almost criticizing his performance as president in a way that we haven't heard ron DeSantis publicly do yet and he didn't say Trump's name, but it definitely felt like that part of it was like the most explicit that he got in criticizing, you know, someone else, other people. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I don't know what where that cut would be. Let me look through the Tom Elliott thread and see if I can find where it would be. Let me start. Here's but, another good one, though. Okay. Um, and they actually, there was a, the one this week was that Miami-Dade County took a book that was about like poems from um from i think like no, I, so let me start down here that's that's this is the book band stuff people who it's maybe have never heard from you before and then i want to pull chris rufo in on this uh -huh. as well yeah so the whole book band thing is a hoax there's not been a single book banned in the state of florida you can go buy or, or use whatever book you want what we have done is empowered parents with the ability to review the curriculum to know what books are being used in school and then to ensure that those books match state standards and are age and developmentally appropriate. So, for example, uh, parents have flagged books in schools that, uh, for example, teach middle school kids how to use sex apps uh, that provide graphic depictions of sex acts and sex toys for people as young as fifth grade. And so clearly that is not appropriate uh, to be in a middle school classroom. And so parents object and, and the schools take them out. Um, I did a press conference that we called exposing the book ban hoax. And before I had the parents come up, before I spoke, I just played the video that had the images of the books that the parents had objected being in their kid's classroom. And the local news had to cut the feed because they said it was too graphic. 
well, if it's too graphic for the six o'clock news, how is it okay for a sixth grader or a fifth grader? And so nothing's being banned. They're basically ensuring that we make curation choices uh, that are consistent with state standards. And on the, the, the racial history, we eliminated critical race theory from our K through 12 schools. That was the right thing to do. In other words, we're not going to take a kid who comes in um, at six years old and say they're an oppressor or oppressed based on what their race is. That's divisive. That's wrong. We're also not going to be teaching people uh, to hate their country. But what we are going to do is teach the accurate history. So in the same bill that banned critical race theory, we required teaching thoroughly about racial discrimination. <laughs> it must be nice to write or have your very friendly Republican state legislature write bills that specifically are written for a campaign. Right. You know, so that he touts the bills in right. yeah. that occurred in American history. And Florida's history standards require all of those subjects uh, from slavery, reconstruction, segregation, all of that to be taught uh, and will continue to do that. So I think what you see is the, the left and the media colluding on this. They don't want to actually defend what it is that we are actually legislating or regulating. Uh, so they create these hoaxes that somehow you don't want uh, kids to learn uh, that slavery existed in America, which is preposterous. No one actually defends the offending material. And the question is, is why are there people intent on trying to get this stuff into the classroom? Uh, and I think it's part of a political agenda. So our our mantra in Florida is this purpose of the schools is education, not indoctrination. Yes, I think it's very inappropriate to have sexually explicit material in a fifth grade library, 100 percent. But it's also the case that if you're focusing on that type of, of instruction, there's an opportunity cost involved. Why won't we why shouldn't we be doing more on science or reading or math? And so I think we're getting it right. And I think almost invariably, and Chris Rufo's had to deal with this, too, uh, when they're trying to craft these narratives, you just peel back. By yeah. the way, I like when he says 100 mm -hmm. percent. It's right in the demo or at least yeah. in this kind of the podcast. I think I did demo. find the right. OK, so um, a question is a follow up to you, Governor, on this very issue with immigration. We have heard a lot over the years. Uh, lock her up. Drain the swamp going to build a beautiful wall. Mm -hmm. Mexico's going to pay for it. And crowds cheered and everybody loved it. And brands got built and nothing got done. Ooh. What is the bottom line assurance that you can make to the people that are listening right now all over the world and all over the country that you can actually do the agenda that you just articulated? I think when you were yelling at the traffic during talked this. About it, oh, yeah, because I don't recommend actually follow through. <laughs> It's a great question because I shared that frustration. I think even my worst critics in Florida will acknowledge when I tell people uh -oh. I'm going to do something, I don't I don't make promises or say I'm going to do something lightly. I've thought it through, uh, and I know that I am going to follow through on what I – I'm going to stop for a second yeah. and say even my worst critics in Florida. Is it wise or unwise for him not to ever mention Trump's name? I think he's not going to be able to get away with it for much longer. I think he's trying to not mention Trump's name here, obviously. But, um... Although that does minimize Trump, saying my worst critic in Florida. Well, I don't think he's calling Trump his worst critic in Florida. I, I think, think he's he saying... 
Oh, I think he's referencing the fact that liberals say about Ron DeSantis, like, he could be worse than Trump because he's actually an effective fascist. And, like, he actually does the stuff in Florida. You know, he's not just grandstanding. I thought he was referencing, like, liberals saying saying that stuff about him. Although Trump has been attacking him from the left as well. Right. But I think DeSantis is saying, like, Donald, why are you yelling at me? I'm just in, in, I just executed the stuff that you talk about executing. You should be cheerleading me. I, I think that's the angle, but we'll see. Tell people I'm going to do. So this is one. There will be follow through. Number two, I understand the different leverage points that you would have under Article Two of the Constitution. I studied that a lot. It could becoming governor about Florida's Constitution, doing the same thing for the federal Constitution. And you've got to know how to use your leverage uh, to advance what you're trying to accomplish. So, for example, you know, there's leverage that we can use. Uh, mm-hmm. Vis-a-vis Mexico. These are all, and this is one of the 58 times he did, is draw differences between him and Trump. Right. Co. That I think presidents have not been not been willing to, to do, I think sometimes for political uh, purposes. Uh, but I'll look at, okay, what are all the variety of options we can do? Which buttons can I push? And I will do that to be able to bring this issue to a conclusion once and for all. We had Hurricane Ian come through Southwest Florida, Category 4 plus storm. You know, I'm excited about this one. This is the <laughs> this is the middle finger torpedo to Trump. September of 2022, and it did a lot of damage. But one of the things it did, it knocked out a bridge going from the mainland to Pine Island, and it severed the Sanibel Causeway in three different locations. And the locals were being told it's going to take six months to get that stuff repaired. And so they came to me, even though these were not state-owned bridges, and they said, can you help us? And I said, okay, I'll do it. So I got my guys together. I said, listen, no bureaucracy no red tape and no excuses get it done we need to open these bridges back pine island bridge reopened three days later sanibel causeway opened two weeks after that way way ahead of schedule because we wouldn't take no for an answer and we wanted to make sure we got it done so for now if 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 you're team trump right now then you right now if you're team trump Mm -hmm. right now then you're saying uh mr trump you need to get ready for to take a lot of incoming about the wall that wasn't built. Right. Could, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, too, that if that's the campaign slogan, then, like, I'm on board. No bureaucracy, no red tape, no excuses. Ooh. For me, it is not a campaign uh, slogan that you get in and then forget about it. I'm, as an American citizen... Well, wow, that's another... It's all <laughs> a gaslight, uh, slow-burn torch of Trump by DeSantis. Running, this would be an issue that bothers me. The, you know, the only thing is, of course, everybody else could do this, too, in 2016. But it, can you do it face-to-face when the guy is, you know, throwing fireballs at you? Right, yeah. And, I mean... Trump now is seeing this too, and Team Trump mm-hmm. is working on testing responses to this on Twitter. He's sending out every Laura Loomer and that Alex Bresowitz guy or whatever. Like all his people are testing very are saying different stuff to see what sticks now to hit back at this. They're not going to just. I mean, this was the mistake people made with Trump in 2016 was thinking you could like criticize him and he would like crumple up and go away and he doesn't do that put a lot of my capital as florida governor involved 
in combating illegal immigration. We banned sanctuary cities my first year. We just did a strong anti-illegal immigration bill in Florida that, that's working. Uh, I've put marine assets in the Florida Keys to help the Coast Guard repel boats from places like Haiti. I have people at the southern border right now helping Texas, and we've even been able to relocate illegal aliens to places like Martha's Vineyard. So uh, <laughs> I don't think any governor has probably gone out of his way to do more. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Or to try to make an impact on this issue, and um, I'm not going to take no for an answer. And I think our voters are sick of the empty promises. They want to see action. Great answer. Yeah, that I mean, so yeah, and I think that's the reason why I thought that was like the most important part of the whole thing is because you haven't really heard DeSantis hit out at Trump. And if you remember, like one of the things from the leaks from his debate prep that everybody jumped on was saying, like, how do I separate myself from Trump without pissing off his voters? Kind of. Um, so that was, I think... You know, I think this represents a change in tone from Ron DeSantis saying, I'm really getting in this race and I am not afraid of Trump or his voters or to criticize him. And I think that we can do better, you know. Um, so that's that's important. He also said a lot about clearing out the bureaucracy and saying that that's going to end. And I thought he I thought he was great on that issue. He sounded like me on the podcast the other day saying we don't that he's so, going to clean out so, all the agencies. Um, Governor DeSantis, my question to you is, you know, you served here in Congress for six years with me. And um, why is it that Congress is so feckless at reining in these government agencies? And and what do you think we need to do? And if you were president, what what would you urge Congress or what bills would you like to see and sign to rein in this, uh, you know, sort of overreach of government bureaucracy? Well, first, I think there's a lot that the executive branch can do. And I, all I will say when it comes to these agencies, we'll put we'll we'll go into this a little bit more as the campaign goes on. But buckle up when I get in there, because the, the status quo is not acceptable. Um, and we are going to make sure that we reconstitutionalize this government. And these agencies are totally out of control. There's no accountability. And we are going to bring that in a very big way. Now, part of the reason it's gotten so bad power has been consolidated and effectively a fourth branch of government because Congress hasn't used its two main powers that it has under the Constitution. First, the power of the purse. If an agency is gauging in conduct that is outside the realm of what is legal or you think it's not good for the public interest, then you can remove the funding for those for those operations. Yes. Um, there's nothing yes. that 
They're not entitled to get the same level of funding every year. And yet Congress runs the government on autopilot, either continuing resolutions or massive omnibus spending bills. So these agencies are all bulletproof. They know that they're going to end up getting uh, something similar or more every single year. uh, And it creates an incentive for them to to abuse their power. The other thing you, you can do is actually legislate so you're not delegating yes. to the bureaucracy key issues regarding how to enforce federal law. You should define what you want. All they should be doing is implementing. Instead, Congress will basically give an invitation for the bureaucracy to make really important substantive decisions. And so Congress may never vote on something, and the bureaucracy will cite a law from 20 years ago and do things that are going to transform our society or our country that is not the way the founding fathers drew up the Constitution. So would you sign the Reigns Act? We passed it out of judiciary today. Oh, yeah. No, you of wanna... course. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Um, that would, I think, be a great check uh, for that. I also think that we're going to have a good chance uh, to see some of the Chevron deference uh, really curtailed or maybe even eliminated uh, based on the U.S. Supreme Court's uh, upcoming jurisprudence. That's the thing that says, like, uh, precedent must be priority in adjudicating um, cases for that, constitutionality. Yeah, that's a Supreme Court precedent. A lot of people have wanted that overturned for a long time, including the people that they're trying to accuse of corruption with, um, with Clarence Thomas and Roberts and stuff. That, um, that the Chevron decision granted a lot of additional authority to federal agencies and essentially said, like, the courts can't step in here, right? Mm-hmm. It gave them a lot more leeway, and so. You know, people that want to see that bureaucracy mm. oh, I see. So, okay, it's, would it's, like to it's, see it's, that Chevron precedent ex- ex- overturned. Exe- okay, so that's the thing that, that caused the executive branch bureaucracy to didn't, establish these Yeah, it didn't rules. cause it, but it essentially, and Codified. at the time, it's called Chevron because it's about the Chevron um, fossil fuel company. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it was considered... Um, an anti-regulatory position because the EPA, uh, my understanding is, was making decisions that were beneficial to the fossil fuel companies and people were saying, like, they shouldn't be able to, like, make these decisions, right, Um, in this direction. And um, the courts, the sort of deregulatory courts were saying, no, that's good because it's essentially, like, the EPA was deregulating more they were taking their leeway and deregulating more and the courts gave them so that's why they say too like clarence thomas used to be pro chevron and a bunch of these people were like all all of the conservatives used to be and they've kind of like switched over time as they've seen how much this power of this bureaucracy has expanded over time and they've started to say like maybe this wasn't like they've seen how it plays out now and they're saying like wait maybe this wasn't actually like such a great decision because now there's so much unconstitutional power in these agencies you know they used to kind of give the agencies more leeway to do stuff and they kind of decided like no this you know so so there's a lot of expectation that on this roberts court they're um there will be a case i forget if there's actually a specific case or not that they're looking to do this with um but uh that there's a hope amongst a lot of sort of these activist conservative groups that that the roberts court is going to overturn this precedent and sort of hobble these agencies a bit i have a question for you yes did you clean out the 
chat chat? No. Because I swear we had more messages earlier. Did you listen to them? No. There's only one from nine hours ago, huh? I, but I, during the show, I, I had three. I wonder... Were you looking at earlier? What? Well, there's no numbers missing, so <clears throat> nothing can be deleted. Hmm. Um. Anyway, I was gonna. So I think that I was gonna add quickly about Team DeSantis. Okay. That, uh. I do hate that the Team DeSantis Twitter account tweeted, "What can we break next?" Winky smiley face. Ugh. Yeah, that. Ugh. That's painful to me. Don't joke about how you broke the internet or melted the servers or whatever. Like, we get it, okay? I literally hate that. It makes my skin crawl. <laughs> like, please don't do that. Um. Anyway, but, you know, I, I almost think it's sort of a good thing that everyone's talking about it and reacting to it that this happened because... You know, Biden tweeted, like, this link works and tweeted his, like, Act Blue donation link, right? I mean, obviously, I say Biden tweeted. He, Biden had nothing to do with tweeting that. But, um, you know, the Biden team tweeted from his Twitter account. Like, I think any time something becomes, like, that sort of meme mm -hmm. thing, it becomes a more powerful and important event than it necessarily was going to be. Do you know what I mean? And I think Elon comes off looking ridiculous, but I don't necessarily think it's true that Ron DeSantis does. Do you? Uh, no. So here is, did you see the DeSantis video? The one? Under the, what can we break next? Hi, this is Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. We announced that on Twitter spaces earlier tonight, and it broke the internet because so many Ugh, people were excited about that. being on that Twitter space. Now let's see if we can break win red. Please go to rondesantis.com, donate to the cause, and I think it'll be a night to remember. Thank you, and God bless. Win <laughs> red is the conservative act blue which is worse because everything that's like a conservative version of a democrat thing is always worse but <laughs> you know what might as well go with it <laughs> i mean yeah it's that's pretty bad but yeah i guess we'll see um i guess we'll see how it like plays out i am intrigued and interested to see like now how the race shapes up i want to get trump and desantis on a stage together i hope trump doesn't skip all the debates he's been saying that he shouldn't have to debate and he's not going to so i mean what do you think happens if trump won't go to any debates fox homepage today read oh okay uh if he if he doesn't go to any of the debates trump mm-hmm <clears throat> Then I think that he'll look smaller. I think he'll be. I think that he'll look like he's dodging people, mm -hmm. especially DeSantis. But he said Biden doesn't have to debate. Why does he? There's a picture of uh, Biden's the president. He's <laughs> well, the... Trump feels he's also the president. The Fox News screenshot says a picture of Musk like looking sweaty with microphone says amateur hour and the headline is much hype Ron DeSantis presidential announcement a disaster on Twitter yeah Fox News are they just gonna go full left wing now Fox 
I don't know. Um, did you have any other topics you want to get to around this or, um, because I did want to talk about some of the backlash, uh, against some of the LGBT stuff that we've been talking about, like the pride month merchandise and stuff. Have you seen any of this? So, um, Target has actually pulled some merchandise. Remember we talked about the Target swimwear collection where it's tuck friendly swimwear and yes, it's, and also they've come out with a bunch of stuff that's you know, it has, like, Satan on it. It's, like, Satan pride mm -hmm. merchandise, which, I mean, I don't think modern-day Satanists are, like, literally trying to worship Satan. They're, like, doing it ironically. But once again, like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they are using existing religious imagery to mock something and make a point about existing religion. Like, you can't say it's not offensive to any religions because that's the point of it. That's what it is right so anyway so they have their satanic merchandise and their tuck friendly swimwear and everything else mm -hmm. and um and they've started to pull some of the merchandise because there's been backlash target has said that it's um you know mainly like in southern stores they're like removing the displays and stuff because their employees are taking heat about it from people yes in threats right um, they've said threats, but yeah, I, I don't know to what extent there's actually threats. There's definitely, uh, your buddy Alex Stein there has a video out. Did you see that? No. Where he goes into the Target and tries on the tuck-friendly swimwear no. and runs around in it in the store and tries to get the employees to compliment him on it or whatever. I don't know. Uh... So, but so there's definitely people bothering them about it. Like I will say that that's on video. I don't know to what degree there's been actual threats toward them. I or don't not. think there has because um, as they as has been talked about, mm -hmm. they pulled it from online as well. Right. So, like with the Dodgers now, though, like the Dodgers initially said we'll take the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence oh, out because it's yeah. offensive. And then they got backlash from the gay community. And, like, Bud Light also got backlash from the gay community for not defending the Dylan Mulvaney decision enough and, and you know, waving the rainbow flag high right. to, you know, in response to the criticism. So they're taking similar, um, you know, heat now from the gay community for taking the stuff down. And, and... There's, you know, criticism from the gay community. There's supposedly Target employees on Reddit all talking about how now they, like, feel unsafe at the store and they wish Target would, like, stand up for the merchandise yes, and, like, yes. all this stuff. So now they're saying that they're put upon because Target's taking the merchandise out of the stores. And, and that's, like, what the Dodgers ran into is it's like once you wade into these culture war things and you decide we're having Pride Night or you decide we're doing this stuff, like... Right. It's, like... Heads, they win. Tails, you lose. Like, you can't, as a company, it's all bad. Yes, it is. There's no yes, good options for you because somebody's going to be mad at you no matter what. And companies really try very hard to never do things that will make anybody mad at them. Right. But and it's been very easy for a long, long time because conservatives haven't, like, gotten mad about stuff. They've right. just, I don't like, know rolled I'm, with if it. If you're getting to another point, were you mm -hmm. getting to the point? No, not necessarily. No, no, so so, so what I've seen, and I think either you sent it or I sent it, I forget, I forget who mm -hmm. sends what to each other anymore, um, is that now pro-pride people feel betrayed by these corporations right? and say, D wait, you didn't mean it when you made the TD Bank logo rainbow. You were just um, doing it for the money. 
You were just doing it for the money. Yeah, no kidding, right. guys. That's how this works. Right. So we don't want you to have it at all anymore. So now the companies who've played these games, it's possible that you see them just like stay totally away from it now. Okay, I don't. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. But and you can see they don't like the staying totally away either, right? Because that's how they've always won these battles, and is by pushing people like for a long time taylor swift didn't get into any politics mm -hmm. she didn't want to be divisive she didn't want to, she had a lot of like country music fans she had a lot of you know other fans too liberal fan and she didn't want to piss anybody off and she got criticized and criticized and criticized and criticized and essentially called a nazi during the trump campaign because she didn't get into it and then finally she weighed in and said she didn't like Marsha blackburn or whatever right. and and you know but overall, she, like, generally doesn't get super political. Like, you don't see her out at the abortion rallies or wearing a pink hat or whatever. She just doesn't do it. And that's not good enough for them. You know, that's why the corporations have all adopted the pride stuff is because there's people yelling at them and mad at them that they're not taking enough of a stand. Taylor Swift, I saw articles criticizing her on this tour for not doing enough pro-gay stuff on her tour. Like, which... Yeah. And well, now what, there's what's the point? Like, right. who whose tour is it? Right. Like, leave people alone. But that's but yeah, like the and conservatives haven't pushed back. So given that, the company's going to go with the direction of least resistance. If people are yelling at you if you don't do pride stuff, and people don't yell at you if you do do pride stuff, then you're going to do the pride stuff. But if people yell at you both ways, now you just want to stay out. Right. And it, another case in point. I bet the is Dodgers wish they never had a pride the, night. That you've got the, the is this idea that you've got the um, um, people from Target saying that a bunch of uh, associates at Target now, LGBTQ ones, are mad and upset and, and hurt and unsafe and to leave. It's like yeah, because you told them this was like this was a gay wonderland. And LGBTQ where where this is, a, mm -hmm. and you you played the game with them. And now you're unplaying, and now they're upset, you idiots. It's, seriously. This is a great article written about what happened with the Dodgers mm -hmm. in the Wall Street Journal by Matthew Hennessy called These Aren't Tommy Lasorda's Dodgers. You don't know who Tommy Lasorda nope. is. No He was the uh, coach, the manager in um, in the 70s and 80s. I don't think he made it. To, maybe he was in the 90s, too, for the Dodgers. Italian guy, old school, loud swore a lot, lost his head a lot. He would have been a solid Donald Trump voter, and maybe he was. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. This is by Matthew Hennessy. This article is written, like when I like when I wrote columns well, this guy is... He's what you aspired to. Like I, I guess he style. was. I guess he was. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't, no, you I didn't know him then. But reading this style now, this is the perfection did of you the read style this? you were going for. No, I did not read it. It's called These Aren't Tommy Lasorda's Dodgers. Why would the team honor a group that mocks Catholics? The Los Angeles Dodgers are in a pickle. That's already a baseball term. Did you know that? I didn't know that in a pickle. That's when the runner is caught between bases and the, the huh. base the infielders are throwing the ball to each other and he's caught in a pickle and it gets smaller for him. So that's already a good, uh, already a good uh, lead. The Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers are, in a Dodgers are in a pickle. It started with a bad call by the front office to honor a group called the Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence at the team's annual Pride Night. Together we'll continue to knock down barriers and foster an atmosphere of acceptance for all, Dodgers executive Eric Braverman said in a statement. 
Not everyone felt accepted. Catholics have not, have long known that the sisters, what the sisters are about. They describe themselves as a leading edge order of queer and trans nuns and have no connection to any real Christian denomination. They are, for the most part, male drag performers specializing in what Rolling Stone magazine calls campy nun cosplay. Members of the group go by names like Sister Jezebel of the Enraptured Sling and Sister Shalita Corndog. At Easter, they host Foxy Mary and Hunky Jesus contests. One imagines that Pride Night at Dodger Stadium is a hairy, fleshy affair. The Catholic Archdiocese of Los Angeles, led by Archbishop Bishop Jose Gomez, was predictably displeased by the team's decision to offer the group a roster spot. L.A. is a city... Roster spot, get it? Back I get spot. it. Yeah. L.A. is a city of four million Catholics, many of whom are Hispanics, many of whom are traditionally minded, many of whom are baseball fans. Last week, the Dodgers felt a pitching change was necessary. Another baseball reference. Yeah. In See, a since, even I get some of that In money. a since-deleted tweet, the team acknowledged that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence had, quote, been the source of some controversy. The ball club rescinded the invitation. In baseball, both teams get a chance to hit. The Dodgers immediately got plunked by progressives who accused the Is team of letting it... Is that a baseball term? Yes, that means hit by the ball. The Dodgers immediately got plunked by progressives who accused the team of letting itself get pushed off the plate. LGBT groups said the Dodgers had succumbed to a campaign to silence queer voices and erase trans identities. The team went to the bullpen a second time Monday and rescinded the rescindment. The drag sisters are back in the ballgame. Beer drinkers are starting to realize that the people who run the beer business don't like the beer drinkers very much. Now baseball fans are getting similar signals from the people who run baseball. Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta in 2021 to make a poorly considered political point. The Cleveland franchise surrendered its Indians name to the woke mob. Most Americans are happy to live and let live. The Sisters of the Perpetual Indulgence have their agenda, and in a free country, that's all fine and good. But why do the Dodgers need to let Sister Taint a Virgin prance around the bases looking like a flabby Kirk Gibson, former baseball player, in Habit and Cornet? Everyone is already welcome at the ballpark. It feels un-American to force-feed culture war politics alongside the Peanuts and Cracker Jack. You are right, it's Cracker Jack. The, o the O'Malley family owned the Dodgers from 1947 to 97. They were known for doing things the Dodger way. That meant professionalism and class on and off the field. Vin Scully, the team's longtime radio announcer, personified the Dodger way. So did Jackie Robinson, Duke Snyder, Gil Hodges, Sandy Koufax, Steve Garvey, Garvey Oral Hersizer. These are all baseball players. Oh. Uh, Mike Piazza, Andre Ethier, I don't know him, and Tommy Lasorda. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence aren't classy. They're obnoxious and gross. They don't belong in the Dodger lineup. Interesting. You know, Andrew Sullivan has also in the past criticized the, um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and essentially called them cowards because he says they would never have the guts to do like a sexy Muhammad show the way they do a sexy Jesus yeah. show, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, clearly, it, you know, it goes without saying that any group that stereotyped other religious groups, the way they're, you know, caric caricaturing Catholics, and in particular, you know, people who've chosen a life of religious devotion and chastity. S servitude. Like, yeah. 
it, you know, to mock to, that it you would never like, for example, you would never like it would never be acceptable or appropriate to invite into your major league baseball station stadium a, a group that like mocked Jewish people that way or or Muslims that way or anybody else. You would never, you know, have like sexy hijabi. No, men in this, night. So these these drag queen people. They used to use the habits of ex of former nuns. Yeah, a real it's ones. gross. It's just super to say, gross. It just, yeah, it's a it's a way to to um, kind of try to sully and smear with degradation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> These nuns who give their lives in it's service to, try and to, humiliate to other people. people. Nuns are doing service to other people who are helpless. Right, and you know, and. In fairness, the sisters of perpetual indulgence have done charitable work Great. historically, like with AIDS and stuff. And that's, you know, any charitable work is to be commended. But, I, you know, it's just the way that they the way that they've chosen to do that is so wildly offensive in a way that specifically hits at a lot of um people's religion is you know it of course it's totally let's play our single message on the chelsea fire <laughs> uh, wicked hot sauce hotline oh right now alice get ready buckle in i'm buckled hey guys steve from gloucester how hey, you hi, doing steve. this might be a better question for the all you can eat podcast but it's my birthday today and i Happy obviously birthday. plan on spending it eating you know some food that i may not eat the whole year, you know, perhaps an Italian sub with hots mm. and, Ooh. you know, obviously birthday cake and ice cream. And I was wondering what you guys, you know, eat when it's your birthdays, because it seems to me like, you know, people go overboard with the calorie intakes and all this delicious food as if it's their last meal before the electric chair. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, man, I would, you know, thinking about if that. If you're going to have a cheat day, yeah, make it your birthday. I would love to time. whack out a, a big Italian sub, a gorgeous, huge Italian sub. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have that just that – that's a special feeling, actually. I think you've, you've got – Yeah, something. a good Italian sub is just great. Yeah, or if I'm going to go all in as well, I, you know, I this might be considered declasse, but – I love – take me to Cracker Barrel. I will get a chicken fried steak and mm. sausage gravy and actual sausage. Can I ask you a, an yeah. Italian sub question? Sure. Hot Italian sub or cold Italian sub? Well, like Andrea's, we used to get a hot Italian sub from mm-hmm. when I lived in Winchester. I've got a place in my heart for both of them. I probably, at the end of the day, with an Italian sub, do not need it to be hot. I don't Same. need it to be. Same. I like it. I like it as a cold sandwich, I have to be honest on that one. I do like some hot subs. I love a meatball sub. Uh, every once a, every year and a half, I need a meatball sub. But I think it's also a gorgeous thing. And add mayo to that baby, and you're rocking and rolling. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, for more food content, you can head over to the All You Can Eat podcast. Uh, follow at All You Can Eat Pod on Twitter, um, or just search in your favorite podcast app for All You Can Eat Tom Shattuck, and you can find that there. Um, you can. There's some all you can eat merch available. Some very sexy. I haven't looked it over I have yet. So I have very racy merch available. I haven't checked it out yet, so I'm not going to endorse gonna all you can eat merch be because not I'm be not pleased. sure about it right now. Um, anyway, so Tom has made some merch. I'll probably take a look and clean that up later. Um, but if you want to join us for live streams, patreon.com slash burnbarrel and free at burnbarrelpodcast.com. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com <laughs> 